Good morning, everybody. Welcome to, welcome to Greater Alton Church. It's good to be with you this morning. And do I have any sound on? Can you hear me? Okay, good. All right. Good morning, Gary. That's nice of you to mention that. No, 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 no. Way to go, Gary. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough of that. Yeah. You know you're getting old, guys, when you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and they serve you a senior coffee. And I said, you don't even know if I, how old I am. Well, we could just tell. Oh. Good morning, and welcome to Get Around Church, and happy Father's Day to all you guys out there, and, uh, uh, and happy birthday to some of the people I share a birthday with, too. I've got, I know a couple of people in here I share a birthday with. That's kind of cool. Uh, I think one turned five, one turned 25. I'd like to have both those added together and be that age. I'd be happy, okay? But uh, it's great to be together with you this morning, and um, I appreciate Gary filling in. Uh, filling in, I don't know if that's really the word. I mean, he did, I thought it was great. They were great lessons, you know, and so glad that Gary preached the uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, I was at camp. Church camp was awesome. It was a blast. Primary week, crazy, crazy time. And uh, they asked me at the last minute if I would do anything if I could direct, and then they asked, uh, after we got done, they asked me, could they, you know, could I direct next year? And I said, well, you haven't even got the, the tallies in yet. And they said, that's okay. I'm the president. I'm going to choose you for next year. And I said, long live the president. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, there's a few things in your bulletin I want you to know about. Uh, of course, there's, uh, if you'll notice in there, where uh, there's a, uh, a movie for our kids, our kids ministry is going to be having, sponsoring here at Greater Alton Church on the 27th of June. We're going to watch the B movie. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the back they're doing a thing called Metamorphosis. And if you'd like to go see what's going on, you can leave during the lesson. I'm not going to be offended by it. Uh, but you can go back there. Sometimes check out what's going on back there. They're, they're, they're gigantic bugs. We've got the great room looking like it's a bug's life. Giant blades of grass, giant Lego stuff back there. Uh, to give the kids the idea that they're like a bug. And then we're looking at this whole idea that God is trying to change us. He's trying to morph us into, into His likeness. And the kids are learning that right now, about how to change and grow in your character and your values and your morals. And uh, it's, it's, it's going on right now, and it's going to be going on for several weeks. And we're going to cap it off with a movie um, uh, entitled uh, B Movie. That's, on the, that's uh, June 27th. And I believe all the concessions are free at this thing. So that's kind of cool too, isn't it? And so bring a friend, bring a kid. You know, let's, 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 let's fill the building up and let's watch this thing. Let's move it from the great room into here. That'd be fantastic. Also, you're going to notice in the lower right-hand corner of the inside there, it says, Fun in the Sun. And uh, what that's, what happens, what's going on there is on the 27th of July, you know, we're going to be having, uh, we're going to enjoy ourselves Sunday in the park. The campus are planning this and we haven't got the location figured out quite yet, right? Not quite, but it will be in the bulletin. We just wanted you to get an early start on that because we really want to bring our friends to this. We're going to have Sunday in the park, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's on the 27th of July. I think church camp is coming up for the teens and next Sunday for Teen Week, and it's Build Your Kingdom Here. What a great theme. Hope you'll, uh, you know, if you want to help send a kid to camp or you want to help in any way with camp, you'll be talking to Mike Dennis and be talking to uh, other teen workers. They'll fill you in on what you can do. Went and saw Jim Simpson this week. And uh, he's, uh, he's in his chair, uh, his recliner, taking it easy. Um, he's going to start chemo, it seems like, pretty soon here. But I want you to know, you know, Jim's attitude 
is he says, I'm in God's hands. I'm in God's hands. And he goes, what a better place to be, Tim. And I said, really, well, that's, what, a, what a great attitude he chooses to have by faith. And I thought, boy, what an example for us, huh? That we choose the same thing. Hey, we're in God's hands. Today we're talking about uh, the world's greatest dad. I don't know if, if, um, if, if you've ever heard kids on the playground bragging about whose dad's better. Three boys were bragging one time. One of them said, you know, my dad is the greatest dad in the world. So how's that? Because, well, he puts a few words together and they call it a poem and he makes 50 bucks. He goes, well, you know, the kids say, well, my dad, he's better than that. He puts some words together. They call it a song and they pay him a hundred bucks. Third kid said, you got nothing on my dad. He puts a few words together, calls it a sermon, and it takes six people to collect all the money in the room. That's how much he's... I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I hope today's lesson is worth six or seven people collecting all the money. We'll see, because my boys are helping, you know, as a, as a Father's Day gift and as a birthday gift. I got them double whammy here, man. This is my chance. And in the first service, it got a little sideways. He was revealing family secrets. You know, I mean, the word underwear was used. I mean, things like that. So I hope it'll, we'll see what happens. But we, we thought we'd start off my brother's favorite video. It's a tribute to dads everywhere on the planet. Let's roll that, Pat. Let's see what we got here. Presenting a Father's Day poem, Henry. <laughs> By Junior Bear, age seven and a half. My paw. When the nasty old boogeyman fills me with fears, and my little old pinafore is all wet with tears, and my cute little pug nose is all red from crying, who is it that saves me and keeps me from dying? My paw! When my little pink cheeks are pale with fright, who is it that lifts me and holds me tight and says, There, there, little man, everything is all right. My paw! I'll hold
your plans are today, but maybe they'll give you some ideas. <laughs> and, man, Nate, and, and the funny thing is, Danny is on a plane right now on vacation, so uh, he didn't get to see it, so I'm sure he'll be oh, quite disappointed. We'll show it next week. You think we should? No, I don't think we should. But uh, today we are talking about Father's Day, and I hope that you have a pleasant Father's Day. Um, what I was thinking about was, you know, one of the challenges of, of preaching every Father's Day is, what do you come up with? What can you come up with? What can you talk about? And I just begin to, I've been praying early about this, going, Lord, you know, I, I, a lot of dads don't want to come to church on Father's Day because it's not a fun day for them, you know. They, they seem to get beat up sometimes. And, and then I got to looking at just Jesus Christ. And that if, he was, if there was a bragging contest, why, he would have something to say about his father. In fact, in the Gospels, he mentions his dad 176 times, 167 times. And a lot of them are in the book of Matthew and John. And as I begin to look at the Scriptures uh, preparing for this lesson today, I've got Nathan helping me and I've got Matthew also going to be helping me in here in a second. We wanted to look at... What, would, what did Jesus say? What's he, what, what does he say? Because if you were to get into a bragging parlay with Jesus Christ, he'd say, well, let me tell you why my dad's the greatest dad. So irregardless of how your father is and how, how my father was, by the way, I, just as a side note, I didn't have the greatest dad at home. Uh, I, my father was an alcoholic, and my father, my father was emotionally had a lot of struggled with a lot of things like depression and... and um, was sometimes very paranoid at times, and it was it was violent in my home. Lots of physical abuse, lots of verbal abuse. And yet, I want to tell you, standing here before you as a Christian man, Father's Day is a great holiday. You don't have to let a father who may have missed a step or two or several ruin Father's Day because you have a heavenly Father who's the world's greatest dad. So, in case you wonder, you know, how can I enjoy Father's Day? Well, maybe you can look up to the Lord and go, you know, God, you're the greatest dad of all. Because where my dad fell short, my, my heavenly father made the difference. Uh, in fact, as I've gotten older, I've seen even my own physical father in a different light. He's helped me, it's God's, my heavenly father's helped me understand that. So I thought we'd look at, you know, the Beatitudes a little bit as we're Matthew 5 through 7. And you get, here Jesus is, refers to his father over 17 times, almost half as, half the times he refers to the Father, his Father, is in these three chapters uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, these three here. And he talks about, you know, looking at your Father and, and he brings up his dad. And I ask myself, why does he bring up his dad so much as he's talking? I think there's a reason he brings his dad up so much. It's because your, your attitude or your view and my view of the world's greatest dad has a big impact on how we live. It has a big impact on how we think and how we feel about what God is doing, about His kingdom, what's ha- what happens to us. It all relates to how we see our Father, the greatest dad in the world. Now, if you were to ask Jesus, hey, uh, what makes your dad the best? I'll g- I'll, let me give you five. There's five things we're going to look at here today. And you're saying, well, is this going to be a long sermon? I've got my son with two of those points, so you know it's going to be shorter. All right? I know that'd help you. Well, what are those reasons? What is the- well, the first... The first thing we, I want us to see is that when Jesus is talking about his father, he says this. He goes, my dad's the world's greatest dad because my heavenly father will take care of you. He's saying, if you want to know why you've got the world's greatest dad, my father takes care of his people. 
The Apostle Paul said it this way. And look what it, see if you see father, the father concept implied in this passage. At this, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us through Jesus Christ. If, you, if you'll notice, he says, the blessings of this God come from his son. The blessings of our father come through Jesus Christ, his son. And he, he says he will meet our needs because he took care of Jesus. He will take care of you, too. Isn't that awesome? world's greatest dad promises to take care of you. Like I say, my dad wasn't a perfect man. But I'll tell you what I know about him. He wasn't a lazy man. That guy worked hard. I used to, I used to make fun of him. I, I'd sit there as a teenager and go, man, dad's always on the couch. I'd say, Dad, what's going on? He goes, I'm holding down the couch. The other day, Travis Bournes is, uh, was talking to me, and he says, uh, so what you do? What'd you do last night? And I said, well, the couch was trying to get away, so I held it down. And it didn't move. And he just thought that was funny. And I remember, you know, we, maybe you've heard, your dad's a couch potato. You know, and my dad was on the couch a lot. He was exhausted. And I found out why later in life. He was older. And he had two jobs. He was running a farm and working at a factory at the same time. And why would he do that? You know, we never got rich, Nathan. We didn't have a lot of money. I'd say, man, he's knocking himself out. Scratching the dirt. He didn't, he didn't know what he was doing as a farmer. We didn't know. You know, remember Green Acres years ago? That was us. Bad. Just the bad farmers. And, and yet he'd work, he'd work until he couldn't do anymore. And he'd lay on the couch. And I'd go, what's wrong with you? He's exhausted. Why? Getting rich? No. Providing. Providing. That's what a good dad does. He provides for his family. He's not a lazy man. The Bible holds in high regard a man who takes care of his family, provides for his family. And all my dad wanted was to make sure we had food in our belly, clothes on our back, and some shelter overhead. And we had that. We had all three of those. You know, just like, just like my father, you know, who's not perfect, you have a heavenly father who is perfect. And he says, I'll take care of you. How do you know that? Well, look what Jesus says here. In Matthew 6, he says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. How's he able to do that? You know, some dads can read your kid's mind sometimes. But your heavenly father, he's such a good dad, world's greatest dad, because he watches you closely, not to get on you. He pays attention because you are, like the Bible says, the apple of his eye. And so he looks to see what needs you need. What, what is it you need? And he promises to supply those. And Jesus says, hey, my father knows. You don't have to ask him. Before you ask, he already knows what you need. Well, why should I ask him? Because he wants you to. He wants you to. Ask and see. Talking to God about what we need reminds us that he can supply and look at this, other, this long passage on your, on your uh, notes here in Matthew 6. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. And I, I, I underline that. Do not be worried about your life. What are you talking about, Jesus? Well, he said, don't be worried about your life as to what you eat, what you drink, or, nor with, or for your body. In other words, what you put on. Then he says, is life more than food? And the body more than clothing? And he says, look at the birds. They don't even they don't even, they don't clock in and clock out. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't have a barn. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
And aren't you worth more than they? He said, aren't you worth more than birds? And Jesus says, you are. You are. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. You know, this is a very familiar passage to us, isn't it? But how many times do you catch yourself worrying? See, see how important it is that you get the concept of, of God as your, the world's greatest dad in your life? That, that worry, to, you know, when I begin to worry, and guys, I, I've had some things that's been on my mind, that's weighed on my mind, that's causing me to worry the last couple of weeks. And, when, and I, I just ask myself, you know, God, do you, will you take care of me or not? I mean, I was driving down the road upset with God because I'd had some things go sideways in my business. And I'm going, Lord, you know, what's the deal? Aren't you going to provide? And let me tell you what happened to me. I'm driving in my truck and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to my heart. And what I get from the Lord is this. You're a very selfish person, Tim, because look at all the stuff you already have. Look at all the blessings I've already given you. Isn't it enough? I'm driving in a nice truck, listening to a nice radio, got an iPhone in, sitting right over here, you know, charging up, fancy charger, heading, heading to work, got wonderful people to work with, computers all over the place. You don't think I'll take care of you? Why do we worry? When the world's greatest dad says, you have nothing to worry about. You know, remember when you were a kid? Remember when you were a kid? I asked this in the first service. I said, when you were like five, six years old, what did you do as a kid? And Kathleen says, play. I go, that's exactly what we did, didn't we? Did, were we worried about food? Were we about clothing? Were we worried about a roof over our heads? Were we worried about making sure we got to work on time? We didn't have a job. So what was our job? To play to enjoy. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I want you to think about this. God, the provider was already in the family and that was my mom and dad. And my dad provided for us so we could play. You know, God provides for you so you can do something else, so you can enjoy your life. So you can enjoy your life. He says you can't add a single hour to your life. You know, Jesus says there's two reasons Two reasons why worry doesn't make sense to worry. One is it's useless. And the other thing is it's unreasonable. It's useless in the sense that you can't really change anything by worrying. And it's unreasonable because your father says, I got it covered. I've already got it covered. Look what he says here and goes on. Jesus goes on bragging about his dad. He says, don't worry and say what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. All the people that don't know God try to get these things. Pay attention to that sentence right there. All the people that don't know God try to get these things. Don't worry. Because your Father in Heaven knows that you need these things. The thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing the things God wants you to do. Then all these other things you need will be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. And Jesus is saying, because... Because you have a father that will take care of you, relax. Relax. Can you relax? When you realize God's greatest dad in the world is providing for you and will provide for you, you can. You can. Nathan? Hello? Is on? 
All right. <laughs> you know, uh, whenever he was talking about the Heavenly Father and uh, how he um, provides for us, I, was, I couldn't help but think about growing up. I never had to worry about a lot of things. There were a lot of things me and Matt just didn't have to think about, and uh, that was because we weren't the dead. You know, now that me and Matt are about to have kids, uh, I'm starting to think about those things. Am I going to be able to provide? Am I going to be able to take care of this? Uh, and now that I'm going to be the dead, it's, it's my job to worry about it, I guess, <laughs> in, in some ways. Um, but not only will he take care of us, he's also going to protect us. Um, that's the next point. Let's see if I can hold this Bible. <laughs> um, in Psalms uh, 68, it says, a, fa- a father to the fatherless, a defender to widows, is God in his holy dwelling. And whenever you read that verse, you know, it, it says uh, a, a father to the fatherless and a defender to widows. And, you know, um, Billy was doing his, his communion and he was talking about how, you know, he didn't have a dad. And I remember growing up and having all kinds of friends, and but they didn't have the same experience that I did at home. You know, a lot of them went home to broken families. They either didn't live with their dad or didn't see their dad or, or they were with their, were with their dad, but he wasn't there emotionally. And um, I remember being, being so broken and seeing my friends, you know, just, it, it, it was pretty rough, you know, having friends that had that, had that kind of experience back home. And, and I kind of, I had it pretty good. And uh, I was blessed beyond belief. And um, not having to worry about that, but, but for me to be able to know I was going to be protected was one of the things. And, and seeing my friends not have that was really rough. Um, But, the, you know, that verse, there's a father to the, follow, the fatherless. You know, it's, it's the coolest thing to hear, you know, knowing that God is going to be a father to all of us no matter where we're at. You know, no matter where your, your biological dad is or maybe your stepdad, no matter what kind of dad you have, God wants to be your father. And he's a much better father than we've ever had. Um, on Matthew, in Matthew 6, it says, uh, But you, when you pray, go into your, into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And, uh, you know, whenever I read that verse, I instantly think of my dad. I'm like, man, he always knew what was going on in my life, no matter what I did. Like, I would do something stupid, and within 24 hours, he would know, and uh, be banging down my door. And like, and I told, I told the first service, it's because his mother told me, so I'll be fair. Yeah, I could tell you a story, but I think I'll... No, go ahead. Go ahead? Okay. I will try. I just remember my, my mom always saying, wait till your dad gets home. And then, he, and then one time he got home and dad was holding me by one arm up in the air and beat me with the, with the other one. <laughs> I didn't know that was the story you were talking about. <laughs> Holy cow. I don't so, remember that. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, uh, it, but a lot of times... Wait, 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 what did you do? Pro- a- probably back talking. Oh, <laughs> something. Okay. I got back in it one time too, by the way. What? I did. The truth comes out, but uh, not by you. That's not on the notes. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but in that verse, it's clear. You know, God sees everything, and and a lot of times we wonder, like, why does God have to see everything? Why does He have to see that? Why does He have to see this? I, I don't want Him to see that. I want to. I want that door to stay closed. I don't want anybody to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the biggest purpose as to why God sees everything is so He can protect us. And there, was, there was a lot of times, you know, living on SIUE campus, there were all kinds. Of, and you guys could probably attest to this if you've lived there. But there's all kinds of things that come your way if you live on, on any campus. Honestly, there's all kinds of things that, that come your way. And I remember uh, so many temptations, so many things like being thrown at me, but God had put other people in my life, not just my dad, but other people, my, my roommate, um, just other people in my life to help me 
and protect me from the things that the world was trying to get me to do. And, um, you know, there's other stories I can think of. You know, I, I remember uh, waking up w- one morning. When I, I was a little kid. It was before I was five years old. We were still in the old house. But um, I remember waking up and coming out of the living room, and my parents were talking to a cop. And I had no idea what was going on. And uh, and my dad could probably tell the story better. But Well, we were being robbed. Somebody, a guy had come in the house, and I realized that they were closer to... The robber was closer to Matthew and Nathan. Matthew hadn't been home for just a few weeks, and it was scaring me. And so I grab a sawed-off shotgun, but I don't have any shells. I'm like Barney Fife from Andy Griffith, you know. <laughs> and here I am in my whitey tighties walking down the hall. What a, don't visualize this. I mean, I have a shotgun and, you know, um, and realizing, what am I doing? I don't have any way to defend myself. What am I doing? Of course, the guy didn't know. I don't know. Maybe I scared him, <laughs> and and he took off running. And then, yeah. I mean, and and all I remember is the coming into the living room and seeing that, and then we went and got fingerprinted. I remember that. But, we suspected that you might have done. Yeah, they might. Yeah, I, I might have taken it. But you know, th- that's kind of the whole point, though. Like God protects us even when we don't know it, even when there's things that we don't even know are happening or could happen or might have happened if, if we would have went down that road. Like God takes care of us even when we don't know it. You know, I, I had no idea about any of the burglary stuff until later. And I was taken care of, though, and I had no idea about it. Mm. Um, in uh, Matthew 26, verse uh, 53, it says, Do you think that I can call my father? I'm sorry. Do you think that I could call on my father to send more than 12 legions of angels to help me now? And this is Jesus talking, and you can just sense the confidence that he has in his dad to take care of him. And that's the kind of confidence that we should have in our Heavenly Father, to know He's going to take care of us no matter what. And, um, you know, I, I was, you know, I, again, thinking about that, uh, that story and, and how uh, there were just things I never had to worry about, there were things that I, that I was protected from that I'll never even know I was protected from. Um, there's little things, like uh, there was a conversation my dad had with me whenever I was a little kid about tractors and wagons. And he, and he talked to me about my friendships and the friendships that I had in grade school. And was I going to be a tractor or was I going to be a wagon? Was I going to be somebody who helped people and, and led the way? Or was I going to be somebody who followed and got drug around and taken wherever they went? And, uh, you know, I, I really took that to heart. And I had some friends that uh, I had to cut loose and some friends that I, that I wasn't going to be friends with anymore. And that was hard at a young age. But I was being protected from something that could have damaged me later. You know, I... I went on to watch friends go through junior high and into high school, and we parted ways because they decided to go down a different path. And uh, it, it, it's sad, but I, I was protected by, from so much stuff um, just because of little things like that. And, um, you know, the cool thing about uh, knowing that your father's going to protect you, knowing that, knowing that the, the Heavenly Father's going to protect you, is that you can risk. You can, uh, you can risk and not be afraid because you know God's going to take care of you. In Psalms 27, it talks about uh, the Lord is my light and salvation. He, he protects me. Why should I be afraid? Why should I tremble? And, and that's exactly how it should be, guys. If, if we know God's going to protect us, if we, if we believe that, we should be able to risk. You know, it, there's probably things in your life you're thinking, man, I, I just have the hardest time inviting people. Or I have the hardest time getting out and telling people, like, what the truth is all about. Or I have a hard time confronting my friend because I don't want to have to, you know, put a bind on that friendship. If you risk it, guys, God's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you, and you can risk it. Yeah, we talked about risk also involving uh, maybe I should try getting in a ministry, or maybe I should try to get more involved in my discipleship group, or I should trust guys and tr- or trust ladies more in my discipleship group. 
and, and, and maybe I should try maybe I should try you know serving a different way here at Greater Altar or in the community in a different way, trying something new, a little risky. Just remember the, the Bible talks about Jesus said uh, we should fear the one who can destroy not the bo- uh, not the body, but the body and the soul or the spirit. I'm sorry, the body or spirit. He, so he's he's saying you know don't worry about people, live courageously. That makes sense because God will protect you. He will take care of you. I just, I've always, Nathan and I were talking about this earlier, fascinated by the, the early Christians were able to take on such great persecution to be killed by the thousands. How were they able to do that? Well, we, my short answer was, well, they believe in the resurrection. They believe God will take care of them. But they also believe that God was going to protect them. Even if the body got destroyed, they wouldn't be gone completely. They wouldn't be destroyed. They might be all, not on the earth, but they would be with him. And that, that to me is just an incredible, incredible amount of faith to realize, again, the concept of how I see my God. Not letting my physical Father define it, but letting my Heavenly Father define what the greatest dad in the world looks like. There's number three. Here's the third point. third point is uh, that he's, Jesus says, the reason my Heavenly Father is the greatest is because He has a plan for me. And He has a plan for you. We talked about this a lot at Greater Alton. God has a plan for you. We'll go to Jeremiah 29, or we'll go to other passages. Well, Jesus weighs in on this, too. But before we look at that, I thought I'd have Matt come out, and he could share what, what's it like being an expected father? What, what are the plans he has, and what are the dreams he has for this granddaughter or his daughter that's coming? All right. Um, please bear with me. I'm kind of sick right now. So, All right. Um, I guess to kind of start, I'd want to go back to where me and Bree first found out that uh, we were pregnant. Um, you know, we got married in May of last year, and uh, come around January, we were with the campus ministry actually uh, on a retreat, and you know, we were staying in this huge house. And that morning, they happened to be ca- they happened to be making bacon, and uh, we went out of our room to go downstairs. And as soon as we opened the door, you know, you could smell the bacon, and I was like, "Oh man, this smells good." And I turned around, and she's like running back to the bathroom um, to throw up. So. Uh, we, at that time, we first kind of realized, you know, maybe something's going on here. Um, yeah, so whenever we got back from the retreat that night, you know, we got back, I don't know, it was really late, maybe like 11, 11 o'clock. Uh, we went to the store, got a pregnancy test, you know, went home. Um, she took the test, and I don't know if anybody who's ever done a pregnancy test, you know, they have the, like, if it's one line, you know, you're pregnant. But if there's, like, a horizontal, then it's, like, a perpendicular line, then maybe you're not. And if there's two lines, then maybe you are. And if it's a gray, then maybe you are. And, you know, after she took it, we were looking at it, I was like, I have no idea, like, what this is even telling me. Um, so, you know, I did what, what every uh, man would do, and, and I used the other one. I peed on it, you know, because <laughs> I know I'm not pregnant. Um, you know, so then we compared the two, and um, it, it was pretty <laughs> obvious that uh, hers looked different than mine. So we assumed that she was pregnant. Um, yeah. So then the next day uh, in the morning, we went to the store and, and we got some other pregnancy tests, the ones that say either pregnant or not pregnant. Now, was, that way it was really clear on what the answer was. Um, you know, we weren't really, we weren't really uh, expecting, you know, we weren't trying to become pregnant. You know, we were blessed with it. So uh, whenever we saw these tests, we were pretty nervous and uh, pretty scared and caught off guard. And I think, you know, just like everyone here, uh, every father here, you know, when you first find out that your wife's pregnant, you know, you're pretty nervous here. Uh, I know that I was pretty scared. There was, like, fear and nervousness there on whether or not the baby would be healthy, um, you know, whether or not I would be capable to provide, capable to protect this child, um, whether or not I'd be a good dad, and, you know, whether or not 
this child would, would like me back. Um, there's a lot of fears and a lot of nervousness that comes along with it. But, uh, you know, there's also a lot of excitement. Um, and, you know, as time's gone by, you know, since January to now, uh, we only have two and a half months till the due date, and uh, she's looking good, too. You're still looking good. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're, after this six, after six months has gone by, uh, a lot of our feelings have changed. You know, there's definitely been a lot of excitement that's grown in me compared to the first day whenever we first found out uh, with all the nervousness. So some of the things that I'm excited for, I wrote some different things down, uh, different things I'm just looking forward to and I'm excited about. Uh, the first thing I put was, you know, just to hold her because um, it is a girl that everybody doesn't know. Um, you know, teach her new things, um, to hear her pray for the first time, you know, hear her laugh, um, to hear her say that she loves me or to say I love you. And uh, after being with the kids at primary week and hearing them sing and just seeing the joy and excitement they had to praise God, you know, I really look forward to the day where I get to sing those songs to my daughter. And um, I put to see her smile, I see how God's going to use her, I see what she looks like. Um, to show her God's love. I know that's something that I really am looking forward to is loving her in the way that she deserves to be loved by her father. And um, hopefully through the way that I treat her, she'll see a little bit of, you know, God's love for her also. Um, I also put to read the Bible with her, um, to watch her dance, have ballets, um, you know, bring her flowers and make her feel special. You know, there's a lot of different things that I'm looking forward to. And, uh, not only other things I'm excited about, but there's also, like, different dreams I have for her. And uh, just a couple of the dreams are, you know, to see her be... I really have dreams for her to be, like, a really sweet girl, um, especially after being at camp, you know, being around some of those little girls there. Some of those girls are so sweet. And uh, I just really hope that my daughter will be like some of those girls there. Um, another thing was um, I have dreams for her to grow up and be a great woman of faith. Um, I have dreams for her to, to put God first and trust him. You know, hopefully by seeing um, her mother and I and uh, how God's taking care of us, she'll know that you know, if she puts God first, that God's going to take care of her also. And uh, another dream that I wrote down was <clears throat> for her to not be afraid. Um, you know, fear can hold us back from a lot of things. And I just have dreams for her to not be afraid of new things, not be afraid of, you know, making new friends, to not be afraid of sharing her faith. And you know, hopefully she'll be courageous. Um, and like I've talked about, you know, there's a lot of fear and a lot of nervousness, but uh, more than that, you know, there's an overwhelming um, joy and excitement with knowing that I'm going to have a, a daughter in a couple couple months here. And really, you know, I can't put into words uh, what it's what it's like to know that there's going to be a little human, like a little uh, a little girl that calls me her dad. Um, it's not someone else isn't her dad. Like I'm the one that she looks at as her father. I'm the one that she will run to or smile at or be excited to see me. And um, I don't know. I'm just really excited to uh, to be a father. So, Thanks, man. Right. you know, um, you know, listen to Matt. I, as I was listening to him, a couple of thoughts went through my mind that I didn't catch in the first service. One is, is just listening to his plans and his dreams for his for his daughter. One of the things to hold them. You know, I, I get I get the I, I can kind of get the idea of how God feels about me. And you can get the idea about how God feels about you by listening to a father who's about to have a child. I just wonder sometimes, was God sitting around when you were studying with somebody and going, oh my, I better, I've only got a few weeks to get ready. 
I've got to get I got to get the crib. I got to I got to get the house ready because we're about to have another baby and someone's about to be born again into the kingdom. I th- I can kind of get the idea that's where God was when all of us were in were studying and we're thinking about becoming a Christian. He's excited and he's thinking about I can't wait to have this relationship. This relationship where we know each other. And I'll have, I'll have this person I've got all these plans for. I want, to, I want him to grow, and I want him to be a person of faith. Did you catch that? What Matt, he wants a daughter, and I do too. I want a granddaughter that's a woman of faith. And, 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 to, hear, and to hear that plan, God's got that same plan. I want, I want my children to grow up with stronger and stronger faith, more and more like the way. I want them to resemble me. More and more and more, my mannerisms. I know, you know, these guys here, Matt's kind of funny. I have to admit, he's kind of funny. And I, I hope he got that from my side of the family. I'm thinking maybe he did. You know, there's, there's some things we look alike, we act alike in some ways. And, you know, your Heavenly Father wants you to grow and look like Him. Be like Him. You know, and, and, um, and, he, and he has this great, He just has these great dreams and plans for you. Um, years ago, when Nathan was, and I did this with both my sons, we're in the hospital, and uh, we're getting ready for the delivery, and the doctor sets me down and um, says, you know, you have to wait here, Tim. You can't, you can't go in to the operating room. I go, why not? He goes, well, Nathan, the boy, or this, the, the baby's breech, and we're going to have to do a C-section. And I remember panicking and saying, hey, well, you know, I, I, need to go. I need to be with my wife. And I remember the doctor yells at me, sit down right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's a scary this is serious because the doctor's hurrying. You know, he's in a hurry. And I, and I said, but I've seen the films. And he goes, I don't care what you've seen. Sit down. And I remember scribbling on a piece of paper that I could find my dreams for this baby that was coming. Did the same thing on the back of an alt memorial pamphlet for Matthew. Wrote down. And one of the things I wrote down is I pray that you men will be, you, you, if you're a boy, you'll be a man of God. If you're a girl, you'll be a woman of God. What, what dad wouldn't want to see their son or their daughter be a, a person of faith? That's the greatest thing you could be, parents. Your Heavenly Father, the best dad in the world, that's the kind of plan He has for you. Uh, look how Jesus frames it. I couldn't believe it. You talk about a Jeremiah 29 passage in the, in, the, in the book of Matthew here. Here's how Jesus frames it in Matthew 6. He says, so, so don't worry and say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Jesus, what is the deal with the worry stuff? Well, let me explain to him. Let me explain how this plays out in life. All the people that don't know God try to get these things. What's he saying to me? What's he saying to us this morning? The greatest head in the world says, don't worry about those things. I've got those things. I'll provide those things. People who don't know me, who, aren't, who, who, who uh, don't understand what I'm about, they don't understand how good a father I am, are only after those things. They're aiming way too low in life. That's their plan. I heard a guy say at one time, for a lot of people, the plan is get all I can, can all I can get, and sit on the can. It's like, is that what life's about? And he says, look, don't worry about this stuff. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. People who don't know me are after these things. Don't worry. Why? Because your Father in Heaven knows that you need these things. Now, I want to make it clear here. Notice this. This passage has really got a lot to say this morning to us. The greatest dad in the world says, don't be after those things. Not because they're not important. 
listen to me carefully. A lot of times around here, I'll hear somebody say, well, I don't care what job I got. I don't care what, because God's just going to take care of me. Like you don't have any ambition. The Bible does not say that. The Bible doesn't say don't have, have low ambition and low expectations where you work, your education. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say don't make, that make money meaningless or your job meaningless. He's saying they're important. How do I know they're important, God? Well, they're important, Tim, because I'm taking care of them. They're on my plate as your father. You get it? I'm taking care of that. What do you want me to do? I want you to play. Well, what's that mean? You ever remember when you were kids, parents would say, go out and play? You go, what's that mean? What do I do? Look what Jesus says. He says, the thing you should want most. Here he goes. He's saying, here's how you play as children of God. He says, what you should want most is God's kingdom and doing the good things he wants you to do. Then the other things, what's what's the other things? The money, the clothes, the food, the drink, and all that. He goes, those things you need will be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. I want to make it real clear. Job, Job opportunity, wages, working, they're important to God. He'll provide them for you if you seek what's more important. He promises that. If you make it, one translation or version says, you make the kingdom of God your primary concern, everything else will fall into place. If you seek God's kingdom first, all these things will be given to you as well. He makes that promise. I have tried this promise. I have tested this promise. And this promise is true. I'm telling you, stand before you and before God, I have tried this promise. I have tested this promise time and time again. And when I seek the kingdom of God, He takes care of all that other stuff so I can play and celebrate the Christian life. Guys, God's plan for you and I, this Christian life is the totally greatest, best life you could possibly have. And God, want, your Father wants you to have that. Just like a father, a young father dreaming, and these two guys both dreaming about what kind you know, Nathan and Nicole, and I got the names right, praise God. Nathan and Nicole don't know yet what, the kid, what, what sex the kid is yet. Okay? But I want to tell you, they're, they're excited too. I've got both my sons and both my daughter-in-laws are excited about this, this coming life. And they're thinking, and, and everything they're thinking and saying and planning is for the benefit of that new life that's coming on this earth. You don't think your Heavenly Father feels, you think He doesn't feel that way? Of course he feels this way. And he has a plan, a great plan in store for you. It says here, look at here, here's an example again. Jesus is talking about his father. He brings up his dad over and over again. He says here in Matthew 5, you're the light of the world, a city, like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds, and that's one of the things he wants us to think about and focus on the most, Right? Let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Why? So that everyone will praise the greatest dad in the world. Your life will show the best advertisement, guys. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The best advertisement for a God on this earth is not a megachurch. It's not a bunch of people. It's somebody changing. 
The greatest advertisement. That sends tingles down me. What, an ex- what, an, what a thrilling purpose you and I have. We have a chance to advertise and show people what God looks like every day, wherever you are. And it doesn't matter how big or small this church is. What really matters is what are you going to do where you are and bring glory and honor to the greatest dad in the world, world's best dad, who provides for you, who protects you, and has a plan for your life. Jesus brags about his dad over and over again. And why does he do that? He, he, because it, what is he saying? He's saying, look, because my dad has a plan for me, I'm going to rely on him. I can rely I can trust His will. I can trust His guidance. I can trust whatever He says and whatever He does, whichever avenue it comes from, because God's love comes not only from learning, but also from discipline. I get all of that from Him. I can rely that this is good for me. This is best for me. Nathan? You know, not not only does He uh, have a plan for us, He's also going to love us always. He's... Because my Heavenly Father will love me forever. Or always love me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a little choked up. But uh, in Psalms 103, it says, uh, Just as the Father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. And, uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, it always reminds me of, uh, you know, the, the, the compassion for his children. I, I always think of my friends and, and the people that have not, uh, had that growing up, and, and Father's Day is a bittersweet time. You know, they don't. It's not a good experience. And um, you know, one of the things uh, that's so cool about um, having God as our Father is that He's going to love us through everything. And uh, when, whenever you read that verse, it says, "So the Lord has compassion for those who fear Him," and that makes me think of people that fear Him. Those are people that follow Him. Those are people that put Him first. Those are Christians. Those are, those are disciples. And uh, But it doesn't say good Christian or bad Christian, bad disciple, good disciple, a person that doubts or doesn't doubt. He has compassion for everybody that fears him and everybody that puts him first. No matter where you're at in your walk, no matter, maybe you're here today and you're feeling like, man, I've just messed up, I've screwed up this week, I've just, it's been a terrible week for me. God loves you no matter what. You know, my dad's not perfect. He, he's a great dad. Don't get me wrong. I, I've, had, I've had it really good. But he's not perfect. There's been a lot of times where we've gotten into it, butted heads. Or, and sometimes it was me, but sometimes it was him. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the whole name thing, you know, he, he calls me Matt. He calls me Danny. He calls me Mike. He's called me Denise before. Um, you know, it's, he, he just never gets it right. But uh, <laughs> I'm somebody. But, um, <laughs> somebody. But, but even though, you know, and the name thing isn't a huge deal, but there's other things in, in, in my life that I've, I've done, and I've, I've really screwed up. And God's loved me way more than my dad could ever love me. You know, he's done so much for me. You know, we, did, we take communion every week, and we talk about how Jesus died on the cross for us, and, and God put him on there for us, and, he, and, that's, and that's the best way he could show his love. And, guys, that's way more than my dad's ever going to do, ever has done for me. And um, no matter how good you have it at home, God tops it. Um, and if you don't have a good home, if, if you never had a dad, if, if you what, it's never around, then you've got one that fills those gaps. You've, you've got a Heavenly Father that can take care of the spots that were missed. Um, in Matthew 5, it says, uh, You have heard it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I tell you this, love your enemies and pray for those who perse- persecute you. In this way you should, I'm sorry, in this way you show that, 
that you are children of the Father in heaven. He makes the, the, his sun rise on people whether they are good or evil. He lets rain fall on them whether they are just or unjust. You see, guys, God loves the unlovable. He loves everybody. It doesn't matter where you're at, where you come from, what your past says, what it doesn't say. He loves you just where you are. Um, and because, and whenever we know that, whenever we truly believe it, we can rejoice. And, and, and we can feel confident and know that God's, God's going to be there no matter what. He's, he's going to love us through our good and our bad. That's right. So. The, last, the last thing that I think Jesus talks about here uh, in, in the book of Matthew is why his dad is the greatest. It's because he wants to bless your life. He says, man, my dad's the greatest because that's all he thinks about, how he can bless your life. Now, I've got a... I've got a letter here I want you to see. I want you to see here. This was sent. This is sent from a son from college, I guess. And it, look how it says, Dear Dad, school is really great. I'm making lots of friends and studying very hard. With all my stuff, I simply can't think of anything I need. So, if you'd like, you can just send me a card as I would love to hear from you. Son, I love your son. Now, here's the, father's, here's the father's response. Here's dad's response. Dear son, I know that astronomy and economy, economics and oceanography are enough to keep even an honor student busy. Do not forget that the pursuit of knowledge is a noble task and you can never study enough. Love, dad. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's times I'd ask my dad for something. He said, "No, no, no, no." And I mean, I, I need this. No, no. You know, I think it's my heavenly Father like this. Is is my heavenly? Father. We say, "Well, sometimes God says no to prayer." Well, it's because we pray for silly things. That's, that's why. But you know, the Bible says that it also tells us that in Christ everything is a yes. And that God really wants, that's what everything he says, everything he does, everything he thinks, everything he plans, is to really bless you and I. Look how Jesus says it here in the book of Matthew again. He says, what man is there, and by the way, would you circle man and put, and put dad somewhere? You say, why would you do that? Well, it, the sentence makes sense because he refers to the son later on. Look, what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, so you know it's a dad, will give him a stone? You know any dads like that? I know some dads like that. He says, how many? I, I bet I can count them on one finger. I bet I can count them on one finger. He goes, or if he asks for a fish, will you not give him a snake, will he? And look what he says. Look how Jesus says the rest of this. He puts it pretty heavy. He says, if you then, being evil, that's a polite way of saying, listen, dads, you fall short. Even if you're great, even if you give your kids what they ask for. He goes, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, just how much more will the greatest dad on earth, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? You know, I, I wonder sometimes, are we happy with what God gives us? Have you ever thought about that? You know, when he selects... The thing he wants to give you and I, are we happy with it? Last night we went and watched uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Ate at the walk up in Jerseyville. They, their pitcher is as big as the drinking glass. Let's bring the pitcher out. And it's as big as the drinking glass. I'm like, these are small pitchers. We, have, we eat 
we go to watch the movie. Let's go to Walmart and pick out a bike. We, before that, we go to the Walmart. And here I've got my two sons, my daughter-in-laws. Travis is with us, my wife. What about this bike? What about this bike? And I don't know. I'm like, man, too much pressure. I'd like to pick it out myself. Well, which one do you like? I don't know. I'm confused. I don't want... Let's go to the movie. So we go to the movie. We go head home. And the boys are in their Priuses going home. And Travis and Denise say, less pressure. Go to Walmart and Godfrey. Now I'm looking at the bikes. And guess who shows up? My brother. What are you doing? Looking for a bike? Well, let's look at this one. And he's like trying to sell me a bike. I like to pick it out. Aren't we like that? Sometimes, you know, God, we like to say to our Heavenly Father, Oh, what's this? I wanted to pick it out. That's not what I want. And God says, you know, I really want to bless your life. I really want to, I really want to bless you with the greatest things in life. You know, Father, our Heavenly Father knows what really blesses our life. You and I can't come up with a plan better than what God already has for you and I. And that's because... Everything. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from, the, from heaven above. Why? Because these blessings are from the greatest dad on earth. I just wonder if you know that this morning. You see, since you know, I want to tell you, since God is like that, since He'll bless you and me, guys, you can relish in His reward. You can enjoy when He rewards you. In fact, Jesus talks about rewarding his children, that his father rewards his children twice in the book of Matthew here in, in these chapters, 5 through 7. And I, I, God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to celebrate your life. And he wants to give you the best things that life has to offer. Didn't Jesus say, I come to bring life and have it to the full? That doesn't sound like empty, wanting, less, but to the max. That word, by the way, full means to overflow. How you see your God, your Heavenly Father, on Father's Day is so important this morning. It'll change your life. I've got a poem I want to read to you. It's by a guy named Steve Turner. And it's from this book called The Day I Fell Down the Toilet. And it's about, it's called My Dad. See if this doesn't describe your Heavenly Father. Because my dad's bigger than your dad. My dad's as tall as the moon, as strong as the wind, and as wide as the sky. You should see my dad. He's got stars in his fists. He bends rainbows on his knee. And when he breathes, the mighty oak sways and the clouds move. My dad's brave, too. You can't scare him in the dark. You can't scare him with guns or sticks. He makes bullies say sorry by just looking at them. Big green monsters, they fall asleep in his lap. And ghosts, huh. When they see him coming, they start haunting each other. My dad's been everywhere. Been, has seen everything. Good and bad. And when he talks about everything he's seen and everywhere he's been, he says he likes the world. He says, people are a pleasure. My dad knows more than any teacher I've ever had. He knows everything. He knows what you're thinking. Even when you try to trick him by thinking something else. 
And if you tell a lie, my dad can tell by the look on your face that it's a lie. My dad's the best dad ever. I can say I love him a million times, a million times, a million times, a million trillion. Yet my dad has said to me and will continue to say to me that he loves me. And if I were to count it, it would be a billion trillion times more than that. You see, my dad likes to love. My dad will always love. He chooses to love. He wants to love. Why, you might ask? Well, it's simple. Because I'm his kid. He made me. He conceived me. And that never changes. I'm a member of his family. How do you see your father this morning? Your heavenly father is so important on Father's Day. I know you're going to see. By the way, you know, all, good or bad, you can look at your physical father, but the truest picture is to look at the heavenly father that you have. Do you love him? Are you listening to him? How will you hug him today? How will you express your love today? Got one last video we're going to watch. And um, as we watch it, I hope you can see the parallel between a great dad and the greatest dad on earth. Ever notice in the moment your balloon came back? Or why you like to work with your hands? why your friends always came and played at your house. Ever wonder how vacations are made? Why the night monsters never came back? Or why you and the princess always had the same name? How happy your dad could be when he walked into the house. How goofiness can ease the tension. Or the non-stop battle he fights between supporting his family and supporting his family. Because this Father's Day, if you really look around, you just might. You might appreciate where some of your passions came from. You might wonder on the dreams of those before. You might notice that being the bad guy is sometimes a very hard job. the ultimate pride in his eyes when you've learned for yourself. Let's pray and we'll close out our service this morning here again. Happy Father's Day to all of you and 
happy Father's Day toward heaven, huh?